Good morning, guys. Can everyone see the book? Yes, you can all see it. Okay, so we're going to read the tale of the three trees. Once upon a mountaintop, three trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first tree looked up at the stars twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked at a small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel the mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down at the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't ever want to leave this mountaintop at all. She said, I want to grow tall so that when people stop and look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed, the rain came, the sun shone and three little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, this tree is beautiful, it is perfect for me. And with the swoop of his shining ax, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, this tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With the swoop of his shining ax, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven, but the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With the swoop of his shiny axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him into the carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned him into a feeding box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated in sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to the shipyard. 
but no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat, too small or weak to sail the ocean or even a river. He was taken to a little lake, and every day he brought in loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay up on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed a newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could have made a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled at the starlit manger and said, this manger is beautiful. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into an old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep the second the tree quietly sailed out onto the lake. Soon, thundering and thrashing storms arose. The little tree shuddered. He knew he didn't have enough strength to carry so many passengers safely in the wind and rain. The tired man was awoken. He stood up, stretched his hands out, and said, peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it had began, and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry crowd. She shuddered when the soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, the sun arose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her. The third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It made the first tree beautiful. It made the second tree strong. And every time people thought about the third tree, they would think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the world. The end. Thank you, Andy. That was beautiful. Three trees. Well, before I get into my message today on this wonderful Christmas day, we have a memory verse from last week, and I just wonder if anybody remembers it. 
Jeanette? <laughs> Hunter pointed at you and he said, <laughs> she wasn't here last week, Hunter. Um, Tim? Rest? That's the issue we had last week. All right, let me go to this side of the room. Don Maurice? It's the last one of the year. Somebody. Acts 2.17. Do I need to tell you what it was? And it shall come to pass that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. Dream dreams. Visions and dreams. God desires to give us all visions and dreams. Amen. And I know since last Sunday, when we talked about dreams, that many of you have been dreaming and remembering what you're dreaming. And that's what God intends. God speaks to us through dreams. Amen. So the title of my message today is a uh, projector. Okay. It looks like it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll just go with it. The title of my message today is the blessed hope. How many of you have hope? How many of you need hope? You know, there's sometimes we have hope. Sometimes we need a little bit more. But today I want to read to you out of Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And you can just stay seated there today since all the tables and everything. But Acts 2, I mean Luke 2, 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in stripes of cloth, strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come into this time of your word, I pray that you open up our eyes, give us understanding today, God, that your hand be upon us, that, Father, that you give us understanding of what you're trying to tell us today, that, Lord, your blessed hope would fill our lives today, overflowing and abundantly, that your hand would be upon us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Look at your neighbor and say Merry Christmas. I think this is just a great day to come to church. Sunday morning, have breakfast together, a good family breakfast. But you know, as, as Andy read that story today about the three trees, we saw that they all had aspirations of these great things, you know. Just like many of us here today have had aspirations for great things, amen, that we were gonna do these great things in our lives. And as I went through the story, I sat and I read this story and I, I made notes off of this story. And I, I looked at their dreams and their desires and I looked and saw how they begin to lose hope. 
You know, the, number one, the treasure box, I mean, the, the tree that wanted to be a treasure box, he, wanted, he imagined himself covered with gold and filled with precious stones. It didn't happen that way. And then the number two tree wanted to be a strong sailing ship and to travel mighty waters and, and carry powerful kings on the open sea. And then number three, that tree did not want to be cut down, but to grow so tall that people will raise their eyes to heaven and to think of God. Great aspirations for these three trees, but it didn't work out the way that they planned. How many of you had plans that didn't work out the way you thought they would? I think we've all been there. And I'm sure that the birth of Jesus, the son of God, it didn't happen the way that Mary and Joseph probably thought it would. But let's look what the angel told her in Luke chapter one, verse 30 through 33. It says, he said, he said to Mary, he said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. This is all before he was born. He's telling him. And then verse 32, it says, he will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I mean, if you got a prophetic word like that and you, and then the Holy Spirit, the son of God in my womb, you're thinking there's, there's gotta be a great party in the end. Man, we're gonna celebrate. I'm sure she thought it was gonna be totally different than it was, you know, giving birth to God. I mean, it had to take place in a palace. You know, it, maybe there'd be a parade, maybe trumpets, you know, and a royal announcement, you know, uh, a, a It'd just be grand to know that she's carrying the son of God, but things didn't go that way. They couldn't even get a place to stay. They went to their hometown and there, there was no room in the inn. They ended up in a barn to have the son of God. See, there's a lot of times in our lives where we have great expectations for things, but they don't always go the way that they want. For Mary, there was chickens and goats and sheep and a little hay trough to lay her baby in as she tore strips of cloth. The royal announcement came from angels to the shepherds that were working in the fields. There was a star that shined up above where he was born. But the celebration was very humble, much like the way Jesus lived his life, very humble. We all have expectations. We have expectations of God. We want him to act to perform to what we desire. 
I remember being in Pakistan one day, preaching the gospel in Pakistan, praying for the sick. Muslim people coming to the meeting, asking me to pray for them. And I remember this old man, he told me what was wrong and I prayed for him to be healed and I went to the next person and then he, he grabs me from behind. He says, hey, it still hurts. Even a Muslim came with an expectation of a God that they don't believe in to heal him. People have expectations and people have expectations of how the church should act. They have expectations on how a pastor should act. I should always be kind and gentle and loving and peaceable, amen? That's what everybody thinks. I should be nice to everybody. I try, but sometimes push, people push me. <laughs> You'll never know that though. <laughs> and we have expectations on people. I do a lot of premarital counseling. That's about the only counseling I do anymore is premarital counseling. And I always ask couples, what's your expectations? Oh, pastor, we don't have any expectations. <laughs> like you lie. <laughs> you get married, you got expectations, you know. You young men think, well, when I get home, I want my laundry done. I want my food on the table. I want, you know, I want all, the, you know, I expect my wife to be intimate with me all the time. And, you know, we, we come with expectations. How many of you have ever had your expectations let down? I think we all have. The book of Jeremiah tells us in chapter 29, he, he says, Verse 11, <clears throat> this is really powerful. This is God talking to us. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's God's intent, to give us a future and a hope. He said, in those days when you pray, I'll listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We we see here that it's God's desire. It's God's desire to give us hope, amen? God wants us to be filled with hope. And I even put my notes here, new hope. Not New Hope Family Worship Center, but the new hope that comes from God, amen? And the hope that will give you a great future that God has planned out for you. Now with the birth of Jesus, hope has come to us, amen? He restored us back to God. And it comes down to whoever believes in him will be saved. That's the plan. Believe in Jesus, be saved, amen? But the thing of it is, it doesn't always go the way that we work it out in our head. We think, oh, when we come to Jesus, that everything's just gonna be perfect. Everything's gonna be great. Oh, my marriage will be great. You know, just everything will be wonderful. La, 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 la. It usually doesn't work out that way. Usually when you come to Jesus, the devil goes, well, I'm not gonna take that lying down. And the devil starts hammering on you and you think, I just came to Jesus. I can't, I can't even barely make it to church now. See, when you weren't serving God, it's easy to come to church. But when you start, you make that commitment to Jesus and you're like, man, it's really hard to get there now. Everything starts coming up because the devil doesn't just let you go. 
And it doesn't always go the way we think it should. But know this, you have this assurance today. God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. In the New King James Version, it says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. God is thinking about you. Every one of you, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about your future. How can he give you a future filled with hope in Jesus? Because he doesn't want you to miss out on what he has for you. The blessed hope is that one day, because we believe in Jesus, that a trumpet's going to sound and we're going to go to heaven. That's the hope. That one day we're, we're going. I don't know if some of you aren't old enough to remember an e-ticket ride at Disneyland. <laughs> well, it's going to be an e-ticket ride, maybe an F-ticket ride. I mean, we're going up. When that trumpet sounds, we're out of here. But as I said last week, in the last two weeks, if you read your Bible carefully, it will show you that only maybe 50% of the people are going to go. 50% of the people in the church are going to go. Not everybody's going to go because not everybody's going to believe. Not everybody's going to be sold out. Not everybody's going to put their trust in Jesus. God is planning your future with hope so that you don't miss out on what he has stored up for you. He gave Mary the chance to be the mother of God. He gave her that chance. Isn't that incredible? Liz, could you imagine Jesus coming to you and said, I want you to... I want you to have the mother of God. I mean, your name's Mary. <laughs> you know, so it, it could happen that way. And, and the thing about Mary is she just wanted to be connected to God. That's all. She wanted to be connected to God. You know, and she said, how, how, do, I, how do I do this? You know, I, I've never known a man. But then she said this. And these are some of the most powerful words. She said, let it be to me as according to your word. Let it happen to me what you said. I'm good with that. Let's just do this. She went all in. She, did, she just wanted more of God. So she sold out and she said, let's just do it. And you know, when we sell out to God and we say, let's just do it, you're not so concerned about how it's gonna happen. You're just declaring it's gonna happen and you're okay with it. It's when we trust in Jesus, that process brings us to that fulfillment of every good dream. It's when you trust him though. The first tree, the first tree wanted to, to be a treasure chest covered with gold. And then he held the greatest treasure known to mankind, the baby Jesus. I think it's best to hold on to your dreams and let God work them out in, in how they come to pass. 
He loves you more than anyone on this earth. And he gave his life for you. All that you go through in life, the struggles of life, are just preparation for what's coming. You might be going through struggles right now, through battles. You may have lost loved ones. You may have, you know, come through this COVID season and just really had a fight for your life. But God's got a plan. I know we've talked about our orphanage in Uganda and, and the, terror, the atrocities that happened at our orphanage in Uganda. But I know this, God's got a plan. And it brings me peace. God's got a plan. God's got a plan for them young ladies' lives. You say, well, why, why did God allow that? We live in a fallen, evil world. But I know that God's got a plan. And I hold on to that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be pretty. But you have to know that for you, that God's timing is perfect for you. God's plan is perfect for you. And you may be struggling today with your journey. You know, a journey, your, your journey may have been real hard to this point. Maybe even to this day, getting here is just real hard. A lot of that has to do with decisions that we've made. Or like the tree, decisions that have been made for you. You know, I look at all these kids that were down here on the altar. They don't get to make the decisions for their life yet. It's all made for them. All that happens it's under your care as parents. And many times in this life, we feel trapped and we don't know what to do. The third tree, he didn't want to be cut down, but he couldn't stop what happened. He couldn't stop what that lumberjack did to him. Cut him down. He laid for years in a pile in a wood yard. But then there was the right time for him to be lifted up. We've come to the end of another year here. And here we are today celebrating the birth of the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I wonder what his expectation is of us as he went to that cross to pay the price for our sins and our sickness. Even he asked the father, is there another way? No, there wasn't another way. The tree would be raised up with Jesus on it and it would point all men to God. That was the way that it had to be. And that is the way that it went. This is how Jesus made an atonement, paid the price for all of our sins in sickness. This is why we don't need to sacrifice anymore because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our lives. Jesus was born to go to that cross. Romans tells us in 10.9, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You may have expectations on God and what he should be doing or how he should be handling the world. I know there's times that I think, God, I, I might do this a little differently than you, but I trust God and I know his ways are perfect. And I know this, he's brought you here today. He's brought us all here today to confess Jesus is Lord and to believe. This is what he did for us to give us a future filled with hope. He was born of a virgin, gave his life as a ransom for all mankind so that we could believe in him and be saved, amen? The blessed hope of mankind. Psalms 146 verse three tells us, it says, don't put your confidence in powerful people. Don't put your confidence in a president or a Biden or a Trump. Or, don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, verse four, they will return to their earth and all their plans will die with them. Now here's the hope. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. If your hope is in a situation, like if your hope is a wish, that's not a good place to be. Because hope in Christ is not a wish. You know, like, I wish, God, you would heal. I wish, God, you would do this. I wish, God, you would do this. <coughs> and sometimes we say, I even hope. I hope God gives me enough. I hope God heals my parent. I hope God heals my child. But if your hope is in the Lord, if you're hoping in God, you're not hoping in something to happen. You hope in the Lord. You hope in the Lord. You believe in the Lord. Amen. If you, your hope is in the Lord, you'll never be let down because you're just in Christ. You're in Jesus. You're not in something happening. You're in Jesus. And so when something doesn't go our way, it doesn't, it doesn't ruin your hope because your hope is in the Lord. I read a story the other day of a little girl that was very ill and they, they just, the family just hoped in the Lord. And when the little girl was getting very ill and could barely talk, her dad asked her, he said, do you see angels? And she said, no, I don't. And, and, and he said, do you see Jesus? And she smiled. And she said, every day, every day he comes and he stands next to me, every day. See, when you put your hope in Jesus, you're never gonna be let down. You're never gonna be let down. See, because hope in Jesus is a confident expectation of God's promise, provision in his character. You're hoping in him, not in a situation. But when you're stuck on a situation and not on Jesus, you're always gonna be let down. 
You got to trust God. You got to just trust him. We need to confess him and believe in him with all of our heart. Let your hope be in Jesus today. Let's pray. And if the worship team could come. Dear Heavenly Father, here we are before you today. We've had a great meal. We've given to you our finances. And Lord, we've just listened to your word. And Lord, your word tells us that you are our blessed hope. That it's in you, Jesus. It's in you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need to make a commitment to Jesus. I need to give my life to him today. I need to make him my hope today. I need to stop looking at my situations in life. I need to start looking towards Jesus. If that's you today, just raise your hand and wave at me right now. You want to make a commitment to Jesus today. Come on. I know there's some of you here. You need to make a commitment to the Lord. Don't say, oh, I, I'm not ready yet. You're, today is your day. Today is your day. Amen. Come on. I know some more of you here. You need to be making it. Amen. Amen. Any more? Come on. Make, raise that hand today. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow. Make it today. Make that commitment to Jesus today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I love the kids giving their life to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all say this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me, that he rose from the dead. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new today. I surrender my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now listen, whether you raised your hand or not, if you prayed it and you meant it, you just gave your life to Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing. It says that all the angels in heaven rejoice over that. So angels are